Welcome to Make No Bones. I'm Emily Barton Altman. And I'm Toby Altman. Make No Bones is a podcast about poets and poetry. Each episode, we ask a poet to read a poem and talk about it. They tell us how they wrote it and explain how it reflects the broader priorities of their work. This week's episode features Natalie Eilbert. I am Natalie Eilbert. I am a poet. Natalie Eilbert is the author of the debut poetry collection, Swan Feast, Bloof Books 2015. She is the recipient of the 2016 J.C. and Ruth Halls Poetry Fellowship at University of Wisconsin-Madison, where she will serve a one-year academic appointment. Her work has appeared in, or is forthcoming from, The New Yorker, Tin House, Jubilat, The Boston Review, The Kenyon Review, and elsewhere. She is the founding editor of The Atlas Review. We caught up with Natalie at a conference, so there's a bit of ambient noise on the recording. She'll read her poem, Ezekiel, from her project, Femme Testament. So Ezekiel is part of a um, new series that I'm doing where uh, I reimagine the Old Testament from the feminine, from this feminine landscape perspective and sort of like throttled the masculine god into nothing and from that nothing mound like make up like just uh, a female plane for which to speak. I do think that the, the poet has to have a mind outside of the poem and you know social justice and political like all, all sorts of other kinds of political justice and uh, you know statements about other outward things are part of why you write in the first place and um, it's to examine it's just to examine a specimen over and over again until something changes you know you have like the it's like there's there's some like quantum mechanics happening there when you as soon as like, you can like watch something and watch it and watch it and eventually it'll like change its direction based on the way that you are watching it so um so I, I do think, in a way, that's how literature moves through the problems and failures and uh, destruction of culture. I think I wrote my first poem when I was 10, um, but it was that media, yeah, it was a nothing poem, but it, it felt very effective because it was so like my, when I was 10, my, my house burned down and I didn't know how to like articulate that. And it was just like two lines of like, it was like, it was like two images. It was a house and then it was a house made of smoke. And that was it. And I was like, oh, that felt good. It felt good to write that. Um, And so there was this idea that I I kind of started to rely on poetry when faced with this, like more more of the destruction of the home and destruction of the, like um, the foundations of something. And, and I like my poems to sort of outfit themselves with the sort of destruction du jour in a way, you know, to see, to, to, to see what I can actually, to see what I can do with, with all that, that, that uh, waste, that waste and that energy. For me, it's important that the poem occupies a, that that landscape because it's also me the female landscape and and I you know there's there's so I mean reread the Bible especially Leviticus it's so awful like at any point like 
any any time that the the that a woman's body does anything, it's like she has to be like beaten and like drenched in cold water and like like just like I don't know shamed to in such a way that uh, it's it's just like so it's so impressive to me that there wasn't. Um, a revolution about this earlier. Like nobody seemed to mind that like the woman's body was inherently unclean and that like their you know the the man's responsibility was to like hide her and shame her and like like do terrible things to her if she were unclean because she deserves so much for being unclean. And the uncleanness is she got her period. You know like so these things that like are just natural parts of our body are the same parts that are covered up and, and maimed and, and, and violated in, in these really gruesome uh, and acceptable ways. Then my, my thought is that I want to create that world anew where someone could read my work a woman particularly and go fuck yeah i am gonna just like sit here and read this in free bleed you know whatever it is you know like i'm just gonna like be like a mess i'm gonna be so unclean and i'm gonna let my hair grow wherever i'm just gonna be a body and i'm gonna be so much body and i want so i do want my and not to say like you know you can read my poems and shave your legs and put makeup on like that's fine uh, but that there is this 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 um quality of, of what I want my poems to do that give women a vitality that are, is historically removed from us. And there's also the other, um, you know, I write autobiographically and I write about trauma a lot and that's like, you know, that, that's been really difficult because, you know, I have family and they read it and they ask questions. When women read that, in the end, they've had like a history of trauma that they've hidden or not hidden. It's it's the world to me when they reach out and they say, thank you, you know, like I, I didn't know what happened to me. And that's happened before and it's like, I, that in itself, it's like, oh my God, that's so much bigger than me and my poems and it's so important that, that it was the takeaway. It wasn't just, oh wow, that made me feel, it was, oh, I have an oppressed, I have this like repressed memory, an oppressed memory um, that you helped me unbury. So that's, yeah. This poem and, and the other poems in this uh, Old Testament project, which I'm calling Fem Testament, uh, they, they, they each are um, extracting text from the actual Old Testament and reissuing that world from a different context, a woman's context. And and how that like works with my general scope as a writer is that I do that all the time. I'm always harvesting language to give it a different edge, a different idea. So the idea was that um, this poem in particular uh, and, and other poems like it they sort of riff on on, the, on old texts, and they're also kind of punning the old texts. And and from this like from this parody of of the text, it becomes something much more uh, autobiographical. And and um, I guess it, it 
it kind of folds in this notion of confession with this notion of authority because like both to me are wound up in the same motives of, of, of being in the world and existing in the world and commanding that we should be here. I always think that confessional gets such a bad rap for being like sentimental or, you know, overshare or mushy or, you know, there's something very ego driven. Obviously, it's ego driven. And like with that ego driven comes this, this association of uh, existing almost in the vacuum of the ego. And I think what I want is for the, that notion to be blown out of, of, of the conversation. Because like the confession is such a way to like command the lyric. I and the lyric authority and to sort of shirk uh, the idea of, of, of country and, and whatever and make it something different and, and interesting and invigorated. I wrote in like this like heated spell of the couplet and I was like, I was like, I was just like in a room with, with the shape of the poem, just like, there's something about these long, lean lines that like, it's it, something that I uh, identify with, a, like a, like the starving body, or like something like, like, I imagine like two thin arms, you know, at any point of, of it reaching out. And there's something about the shape of the body that has always inflicted itself upon me in various ways in the personal, like, you know, like I did, like have a, like long stretches of times where I had like, a lot of problems with eating and had a lot of like body dysmorphia stuff. And the the way that the the lines work for me is that they sort of um, take the shape of that anxiety and just put it into a geometrics. All right, I'm gonna read it, and it's, it's Ezekiel, like E L L. L magazine. Anytime you want to put a woman on something, you just add an extra L and an extra U. Ezekiel. Well, I'm in my 30th year and I have plunged the scroll inside me and let it honey my walls with golden imports. I've bloated under the weight of my feckless comrades, yanked the rods of my torture into communion, forked hair into my studious mouth and spread apart my country to show you my survival. Because of all of your detestable idols, I am a certified daughter of man. I dry hump the mounds of my nations until I can taste the charcoal of my rations. The sun has baked the bones of men, and Lord, how can I repay you for sparing my kind, except I will not spare you. Well, I am that desolate waste you bit, you bat your lashes against. I am the sword by which you've checked your lips for smudges. I am the vinegar of your latest cleanse, the vile images of technology announcing the kombucha siege. Wouldn't you know it, my gold flickers with a level of decadence that only a cop could spoil, and a cop does spoil me. I go limp in its arms, I hold myself upright and unclean as the bones of men bake outside. You've never seen what hunger does to eagerness, the excellent scraping refusal into an empire. 
In a cloud of cigarettes, I told you the false direction of dystopia that is what we describe as part of the machinations of a utopia, and there is nothing pre but priestly landscapes in the nothing plains of what we've done. Did you see the sexy way I kissed the chain? Did you see my northern entrance and how I dug a hole in the wall to eat my forgiveness, the hard twang of your weapon hot on my throat? That day I flared with inner court. I was all portico in the gloaming. I wiped my brow with an oilcloth and vowed to not look on the baking bones of men with pity or anger. There is something so bronze about my outlook these days, the way I bunch up the linen to fuck the distinguished corners. What else can I defile, I say, as I wipe my chin against my elders? I have done as you've commanded. I've forsaken the men who made us to be worshipped on altars. I've unclenched the word of my Lord and let their phantoms trickle down my leg. I've rented the brownstone to hoard the unclean oxygen, and I've brushed the baking bones of men with schmaltz and issued a warning, declaring us better. What I know of tenderness is what I know of violation, the restless insect of touch and our end. This is what you're saying. I must map a border so we can be the meat in it. But I have instead become the editorial director of prophecy, pulled out the Lord's curls and tied their tufts to the highest fence post. I've produced a popular reality show called How Weak Is Your Moral Constitution? And I've folded a net over my pursuers to force out apology each episode. There will be no delay. The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Down the street, I am the favored daughter because my fulfillment requires no power and no snares. I am the stuff of my idols. They cannot know what it meant to lean me over the chair and be so desolate. They named the township after my shape. This episode of Make No Bones was produced and edited by Toby and Emily Altman in Chicago, Illinois. The music for this episode is by Toby Altman. To find out more about the podcast, check out our website at makenobonespodcast.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. If you like the show, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please consider writing us a review, too. Special thanks to Grayson Elliott Taylor, who helped us with the engineering for this episode. Join us next time for an interview with Rachel Zucker.